0: Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Hey, good morning. Good to be with you. My name is Jonathan Dunn, and we're streaming live from Rick Bonfin Ministries, and this morning we have a special treat for you. We have a dear friend of ours, Pastor David Ford, who's going to be uh, joining us. So, Pastor Ford, say hello to everybody. Pastor Ford, uh, many of you have heard him before, Uh, he's the pastor of Mission Charlottesville, up there, Virginia, and uh, he was just telling me that he has a uh, a uh, well, their model of ministry is not that they are waiting for people to come to the church to hear about Jesus, but a lot of people just aren't going to come to church, and so we have to go and tell them about Jesus, or else they may never hear. And so we appreciate the heart and the passion of Pastor David Ford. And that he is mission minded, been on a bunch of mission trips with us, and he simply wants people to know Jesus, wants people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's an excellent teacher, and so Pastor Ford, I'm going to turn it over to you. Go ahead and deliver out of uh, out of the Book of Acts the the word that you have for us this morning.
1: Yeah, all right, Jonathan. Thank you for that introduction. Good morning, everybody. I greet you with this good news: Jesus is Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand, and the new creation has begun. Uh, Jonathan mentioned my name's David Ford. I'm the pastor of Mission Charlottesville, a new missional church in Charlottesville, Virginia. We are a member congregation of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. And uh, shortly after the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, I began doing what I call Wednesday's Encouraging Word, and it happens each Wednesday around midday, and what I do, what I've been doing, is focusing on Psalms of Assurance. What I do is start with a psalm, and I'll do a, a kind of an overall introduction to the psalm. And then we go through and do a verse-by-verse expository teaching of the Psalms to give people an encouraging word because the Lord knows people need an encouraging word right now. So we've gone through Psalm 23, Psalm 46, and we are currently in Psalm 91. And I want to share with you about Psalm 91 today. Now... Uh, psalm 91 is a great psalm of assurance and gives this great encouragement as the covenant people of God in Christ. So here's uh, Psalm 91. I don't know what translation of the Bible you have in front of you, but I'm going to read this one and I'll read it from the New Revised Standard Version. So here we go. You who live in the shelter of the Almighty, who abide in the shadow Uh, excuse me, you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Isn't that a great song? Now, when we come to the book of Psalms, we tend to think of it as one book comprised of a hundred and fifty Psalms, but actually The book of Psalms is comprised of five sections or books of Psalms that comprise the book of Psalms. Now, depending on what Bible you read, if it's a study Bible, it may or may not delineate these five sections. But trust me, they are there and uh, they are there in the Hebrew. Now the late uh, Dr. Clyde T. Francisco, he was a, a good Old Testament scholar. He uh, he wrote about these five sections or books of the Book of Psalms, and he wrote this, and I quote: He said, "The division of the Psalter, that is the Book of Psalms, is fivefold. Each book closes with a doxology. Psalm 150 being." a doxology of the whole book of Psalms, and Psalm 1 being the introduction. These divisions correspond to the five books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and the fivefold designation represents the Psalter, or the book of Psalms, as the response of the community to the summons of God in the law. Now, The first section or first book of the book of Psalms is chapters 1 through 41. The second is uh, Psalm 42 through 72. The third is Psalm 73 through 89. The fourth is Psalm 90 through 106. And the fifth and final section or book of Psalms is Psalm 107 through one hundred fifty. Those are the five sections or books of the book of Psalms. And so Psalm 91, the psalm we're focusing on today, is found in the fourth section of these five sections or books. Now, I hope you know there are different types of psalms in the book of Psalms. And one category of psalms is what we call Psalms of Assurance. And Psalm 91 is most assuredly a psalm of assurance.
0: Amen. Now,
1: uh, I hope that this psalm will be- become a good friend to you in the days that we are passing through. Uh, psalm 91, I have a personal testimony about Psalm 91. Uh, I referred to this as my Psalm 91 day. And here's what happened. Some years ago, when I served as the founding pastor of what is known as uh, Newtown United Methodist Church in Williamsburg, I served there for 15 years. Uh, one day I got up early uh, like I normally do, and it was uh, a weekday, and I headed out early in the morning like I normally did and uh, was driving to my place of prayer and uh, I either would go down and pray alongside the James River uh, or I would go to a little prayer room off the sanctuary of the church and pray uh, with other people. And uh, on this particular morning, I was driving along and my wife called me on my cell phone to let me know that a member of the congregation had called right after I had left the house Tell me, night, God had woken them up and prompted them to pray Psalm 91 over me. Well, I knew that I would be seeing this person later that day, so I told my wife, I said, well, I'll talk to to them about it when I see them. So, busy day as usual. Lunchtime, I was uh, having lunch with a staff member of the church. And when we, in the course of our conversation, I mentioned that I needed to call a man who lived in South Hill, Virginia to uh, follow up with him about a matter. And South Hill, Virginia is about a two-hour drive away from Williamsburg, Virginia. So we finished lunch, got my vehicle, was heading back to the office, stopped at a red light. and, uh, And the very man that I had just talked about came driving through the intersection, and we saw each other. He waved at me, and he motioned for me to follow him, and I did. So we drove into a parking lot, got out of the car, uh, hugged each other, and I said, man, I was just talking about you. What are you doing in Williamsburg? And he said, well, I was uh, on my way to your office. And he opened the trunk of his car, and there in the trunk of his car, was a case of books on Psalm 91. And uh, this book, was an, it's entitled, maybe you're familiar with it, Psalm 91, God's Shield of Protection, the Military Edition. And it was by a woman named Peggy Joyce Ruth and Angelia Ruth Schum. Well, I went, huh. That's the second time today Psalm 91's popped up. I think maybe God's trying to tell me something. <laughs> well, later that evening, service, before I got up to speak and to teach, uh, as we were praising God in song, I discerned the presence of a holy angel. I, I sensed him move past me. First time I'd ever experienced that. So when I got up to speak, I shared about that experience. I said, you know, folks, in the presence of a holy angel in our midst, I said, does anybody else here have that sense? Several other people raised their hands. One says he will give his angels charge over us who are abiding in the shelter. Of the Most High in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know what God was protecting me from that particular day, but I was assured that He was watching over me that day, just as Psalm 91 promises our God will do for the covenant people of God in Christ. Amen?
0: Amen. Amen.
1: For the remainder of our time, I want to focus on just two verses of Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. Here they are one more time. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, When we read the Psalms, and these verses are a perfect example, there is something that scholars tell us that they refer to as Hebraic, poetic, synonymous parallelism. In other words, in in a verse of the Psalms, you'll see the first line, there will be a thought conveyed, and the following line, will echo it will parallel the first line. It'll be often restated a little different, but they are synonymous in meaning, and you see that very clearly here in Psalm ninety one one, when it says you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Both of those they are synonymous in meaning. And both imply that those of the covenant people of God who are living in ongoing reliance on the presence and the power and the provision of the living God through Christ. It the Psalms assure us God is going to do his part, but we gotta do our part to live. And abide in him. Now, the most important thing is that spiritual truth, not the stylistic uh, turn of phrase of the, of the Hebrew. Now, notice the words live and abide. They really are synonymous. They're same, same things, just different words. And so the question for us is, how are we doing at Living in the shelter of the Most High. How are we doing at abiding in the shadow of the Almighty? Now, there is a connection between Psalm 91, uh, verses 1 and 2, and what Jesus taught in John chapter 15. So stay with me here. Listen to what Jesus taught in John 15, and listen for the word, abide. I am the true vine. My father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Now here it comes. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, please note that Jesus's emphasis, like Psalm 91:1 on the importance of abiding in him who abides in us. Jesus said, I abide in my father's love. I'm not asking you to do anything. That I wasn't also willing to do. So, abide in me. And I'm abiding in you. Now, in verse 4 of John 15, where Jesus uses the word abide the first time, when he says, abide in me. The word abide, obviously, is a verb. And Greek verbs, the original language there. Uh, It is in the imperative mood. It's not in the subjunctive mood. If it was in the subjunctive mood, it would be a request. But this is no request. It's in the imperative mood. That means it's a command. We are commanded to abide in Christ as he abides in us. And so we can take it to say then we are commanded to abide in the shelter of the Most High and in the shadow of the Almighty. If we disobey this command, we do it to our detriment. Because we're going to end up, if we don't abide in him, we're going to end up defaulting to the flesh and seeking to live by our own strength. And listen, that doesn't work in good and easy times, much less the trying times that we're passing through right now. Amen. Now, the two most important ways that I've found about abiding with in him, abiding in the shelter of the Most High and the shadow of the Almighty, is by abiding with the Lord over his word and in prayer. So let me ask you, how are you doing with abiding with him over his word on a daily basis Mm, and abiding with him in prayer on a daily basis? I said it one time like this, what's more important, his word or prayer? Asking that question is like asking what's more important to your car, your your gas pedal or your brake? (laughs) What's more important, breathing in or breathing out? We need to abide with him over his word and in prayer. We need to hold those things in a healthy balance. We need both. Both help us to abide in him on an ongoing basis. They help us to abide in that ongoing, trusting, obedient lifestyle. And Jesus said that when we do it, there are benefits to us. What are those benefits? We bear not just fruit, we bear much fruit. The fruit first of first importance of Christ-like character. And secondly, of Christ-like ministry, where we help to make disciples, whether they are to be strengthened as existing disciples or to make new disciples, we will bear much fruit, abiding in Him and uh, in the shelter of the Most High, the shadow of the Almighty. We, uh, Jesus says, that that will help us to know. The will and the ways of God. And it will inform then how we pray. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for what you wish and it will be done for you. You see, because we're abiding then, we know how to pray according to the will of God. It reminds me of what Doctor Terry Takele said one time. He said, "Prayer is telling God what He told us to tell Him." Mm. Amen. Now, listen. God is further glorified by our abiding, so that we then know and share the love of God in Christ more deeply and faithfully. Uh Our, our, our joy tank. Is going to be fuller on an ongoing basis. Our fruitfulness will last. Mm. Now, whether you use the metaphor of live or abide. When these things are the ongoing reality of our lives. Then our lives will be characterized by what we see in John 15. Now notice this. In the first line of Psalm 91, and you know what? We don't know who the author of this psalm is. It's anonymous. Doesn't matter, does it? God can use one of his servants just as good as another to write his inspired word. This, this anonymous author was moved by the Holy Spirit to write the words shelter and shadow. Now, isn't it good to know? That through Christ, we can abide in the shelter and the shadow of the living God. Amen. His presence, Amen. His promises, and His power. Especially when we feel threatened from without, and we're passing through trials. But can I suggest to you today, that sometimes the most dangerous times for Christians is not the time of trial. <laughs> Listen, when the trial... Time of trial comes, uh, we don't have much of a problem finding God, do we? It's the easy times that we need to be careful about abiding in him, right? So, regardless then of the the, the difficult times that we're passing through, yes amen we are we are commanded to go on consciously, intentionally. Abiding in God through Christ, in whom we find shelter and shadow. Now, Psalm 91, 1 through 2, it gives us a full picture of who we are abiding and living in. Did you notice it uses four names, four terms for God? In those two verses, Most High almighty lord the word the 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 word um or the phrase most high in hebrew is elyon it it means the highest one the second term there mm. almighty is the hebrew word shaddai mm. from the uh, we uh, get the the term El Shaddai, God or God Omnipotent. The phrase, the word Lord, is the most sacred name for God in the Old Testament. It's that name that Moses heard at the burning bush when he said, What is your name? And as best we know, it is pronounced Yahweh. It is the great I am. And God there, through word Elohe, it comes from the word Elohim, which is the most common name for God throughout the Old Testament. It's used over 2,500 times in the Old Testament. And it means a plurality of majesty. Implicit in it is the Holy Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it it couldn't Psalm ninety one one through two. It gives us a, a fullness of who we are abiding in the Most High, the the Almighty, Omnipotent One, the Great I Am, and the 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 One who is a plurality of Majesty. Amen. Amen. That's who we are abiding and living in and through and who's living and abiding in and through us. Now, Psalm 91, 2 tells us those of the covenant people of God in Christ who go on living and abiding in the shelter and the shadow of the fullness of God, uh, they will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. They're the only ones who can say it. Because it's real for them. Their lives reflect the reality of they can, they can say it with integrity. So, they they know in whom they live and abide. And they know who's living and abiding in and through them. And notice this verse two, it adds two other metaphors for for this uh this faith relationship we have with the living God. In addition to shelter and shadow, if that's not enough, he gives us refuge and fortress. Oh my god. Amen. If that doesn't communicate to us Hallelujah. the love and providential care of God, I don't know what it would take, right? Now, there's only one way to live in the shelter of the Most High and abide in the shadow of the Almighty, to enter the refuge and fortress of the living God, and that is through Jesus. There's only one way to live in him, abide in him, to know his refuge and fortress, and that is through Jesus. There is no other way into that reality, Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, nobody but nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty plain, isn't it? He didn't say I am a way, a truth, a life. He didn't use the indefinite article. The definite article is used there. The way, the truth, and the life. And so he is the way into this reality that I'm talking about today with Psalm 91, 1 and 2. Now, question, question. Somebody, and this is a fair question. Uh, Abiding and living in the shelter and the shadow. Taken refuge in fortress. There, does that mean then that nothing bad can ever happen to me? That's a fair question, isn't it? Uh, well, the answer to that question is, yeah. Bad stuff can happen. Did bad stuff happen to Jesus?
0: Mm.
1: Did he live and abide? He, he lived and abided in the shelter and shadow in a way we all um, dream of. The bad stuff happened to Paul. Oh, my goodness. He was abiding, wasn't he? And living. But see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If God allows us to pass through tests and trials, Mm -hmm. then we can be sure of this, that he is with us in the midst of it.
0: Oh, amen. Amen.
1: Or forsake us. Okay? Now, Now, please hear me on this. This is important. This is important that we get this. We need to hold this intention. When it comes to uh, tests and trials, the Lord can deliver us in one of two ways. He can deliver us from it so it doesn't even touch us, right? Like uh, with the Israelites in Egypt, the plagues didn't come on them. They came on the Egyptians. He delivered them from them. But he also delivers us through test and trials. Yeah. There's an old yeah. saying. There's an old saying. If he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. But we've got to live and abide in him as we're passing through it. And if we do. He'll prove himself faithful to us in the midst of it. He'll bring us out on the other side of it with a testimony of his faithfulness, and we will be conformed a little bit more into the image of Christ. Isn't that awesome? So that way, brothers and sisters, we cannot lose for winning. Mm, amen. Whether we through it or we're delivered from it. Psalm 91, it really does, in a sense, I think, echo the truth and the reality of Romans eight twenty-eight. right? We know that in all things, God works together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That means that God will even take the bad stuff and turn it to our ultimate good. And now, who but God can do that? Amen. Now, I close with this story. And uh, I want to make an invitation and offer up a prayer. Here's a story, a true story of somebody who lived, who learned and lived the truth of Psalm 91, 1 through 2, and John 15. It's a story about abiding. This story was recorded by Dr. Robert Morgan in one of his books. And the title of this little little story is called In the Twilight. On May 8, 8th, 1984, Benjamin M. Weir, a veteran Presbyterian missionary to Lebanon, was kidnapped at gunpoint by Shiite Muslims in Beirut. During his 16-month imprisonment, he was constantly threatened with death. On his first night in captivity, one of his captors came to him and told him to face the wall, which he did. Now take your blindfold off and put this on. The man handed Weir a pair of ski goggles with the eye holes covered in thick plastic adhesive tape. He could see no light. In Weir's mind, the sun had set. He later wrote, In the twilight there came to mind the hymn, Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. I felt vulnerable, helpless, lonely. I felt tears in my eyes. Then I remembered the promise of Jesus. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. Lord, I remember your promise, and I think it applies to me too, he said. I've done nothing to deserve it, but receive it as a free gift. I need you. I need your assurance and guidance to be faithful to you in this situation. Teach me what I need to learn. Deliver me from this place and this captivity if it is your will. If it is not your will to set me free, help me to accept whatever is involved. Show me your gifts and enable me to recognize them as coming from you. Praise be to you. Now, that's the prayer of a mature man. Mm. And then the story ends with these words. For the next 16 months, his hope and joy was that he was not, please hear this, he was not simply abiding in captivity. He was abiding in Christ and thus able to bear much fruit. Mm. Obviously, Benjamin, Weir lived and was set free of captivity to tell his own story and the story bears out the truth of Psalm 91 and John 15, amen Amen. now how are you doing with living in the shelter of the most high abiding in the shadow of of the almighty living and abiding in the refuge and fortress of God through Christ now I'm conscious that there are people in different states and different countries that tune in to this uh, broadcast. And I don't want to miss the opportunity. There may be somebody listening today. You may feel like you're in captivity to the world, the flesh and the devil. Mm. And I got news for you. If you're not in Christ and Christ is not in you, you are in captivity to the world, the flesh and the devil but Christ is victor Amen. and he came to set you and me free from that captivity Amen. Amen. if you want to begin to know the strength of the living God in your life then I invite you to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord right now wherever you are I'm going to pray a prayer right now and I invite you to pray this prayer after me. And wherever you are, pray it out loud. It will help to help you to remember and mark this day that on Monday, October, uh, the 5th,
0: 2020,
1: you came in to the refuge and the fortress of God. You began to abide and live in the shelter and shadow of the Almighty through Jesus. So let's pray, okay? Pray after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. I thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free from captivity to the world, the flesh, and the devil. I thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me now and forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. If today was a day of decision for you, then I encourage you to contact Rick Bonfim Ministries. You can email them at rbm at RBM at LadderRain.com, or you can call them at 706-353-1546, and they will share with you next steps for Christian discipleship. Mm. So, uh, thanks for listening this morning, and God bless you today and always. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
0: Satanás, Clamando
1: no escuro
0: Correndo e olhando Para trás E eu o vejo de coração